Why are you in my house? Well, I was told that there would be pizza and that we could watch the Lakers game and that it would be fun. And the only thing that was true was the pizza part. <laughs> and then I guess we watched the Lakers game, but it wasn't fun. It was fun for most of it. But the end was... Was it? I mean, you were... So I was tweeting from the Silver Screen Roll account. So I had just had people... Every single tweet I sent was just people mad at Luke Walton. Mm. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. This is part two of a crossover podcast with Locked On Lakers. Part one, we got into more of the game specifically with a little bit of, you know, larger picture stuff. Because this is a weekly show, we're going to be focused a lot more on the bigger picture stuff because we'll only check back in with you a week from today. Uh, you know where to find Harrison. You guys know where to find me. You can find this show specifically on iTunes under the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. If you search for The Lake Show, it's not guaranteed that you're going to find it on iTunes. If you search Silver Screen and Roll, then you'll get to the channel where you can find this show and the meme team, which you guys should also be checking out. Uh, that's with Grant Goldberg and Christian Svivas. Let's uh, let's talk about this game though, and well, and, and the Lakers in general. You mentioned, and and we we said at the very top that we were going to talk about Luke Walton. Has the time come for the Lakers to fire Luke Walton? Well, I think before we get to that, <laughs> we should probably get into just like number one. This was obvious. We got into this on Locked On Lakers, but that was a, probably that was another disappointing loss tonight for a team that should be expected to win games like that. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But even though they lost, I mean, again, we all predicted they were going to struggle. And so, uh, for those of you that didn't listen to Locked On Lakers, that was the crux of the conversation. So yeah. uh, that leads us here now to uh, what I want to discuss before the whole anger about Luke thing was the LeBron part of tonight yeah. where there was that there was that quote going around uh, of where what did he, what exactly did he say he you don't want to be here when i run out of patience you probably don't want to be around when my patience runs out yeah. i'm serious yeah and so just that quote with no other context was uh, has been is still making the viral rounds on twitter and i'm here to say fake news and no <laughs> no not actually i mean he actually said that yeah but i think there's some important context to it, it uh-huh. but i think too often we act like these guys just say this stuff unprompted like it's their chosen message to deliver and where you know sometimes the context matters and sometimes the context of what he was responding to matters. While that quote is very interesting and intriguing and Explosive. probably worth yeah, it's worth paying attention to. He was literally asked about how he's preached patience all year and uh, like what happens as a leader to him when his patience runs out. Right. He wasn't saying his patience is running out soon. Yeah, he didn't he wasn't start saying the any press conference by like he didn't start the these losers. Yeah, he did say the the thing about they're making the same mistakes over and over again, Which is and right. that that's the definition of insanity is mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over again doing different result or and expecting a different result. Do you think he's talking about his turnovers and late missed free throws or <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> So I think I'm just going to ignore that. So so that's why what I mean when I say the context matters is yeah. that he did not just walk up to reporters and just go, you know, I'm just going to say this. You don't really want to be here when my patience runs out. Seriously, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would be the funniest reporter he could have stared down as he said that? 
oh, I don't want to do that. These are my co I actually have to talk to these people again, so I'm going to let you touch this. I don't know. I feel like Orem would handle it the best. Yeah, like he, I, th- I think he'd probably handle it the best. Yeah, I think, but that like that's that's part of the thing is that like like I specifically don't want to be he, here. He does or... have a very reactionary face, so he might. <laughs> Me? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, so wait, what? Yeah. Or whoever asked that one that one question about whether he's earned the respect of Laker fans, like <laughs> that yes. that reporter does not want to be here when his patience. Yeah, what runs if out. that was the, the, if this was that reporter's <laughs> first night back in the building? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks directly at her you as, don't want to be here when my patience runs out <laughs> as you found out no but when like, you asked that really dumb question so i do think is lebron's patience starting to get depleted yes i think his patience is probably running at running down i don't think it's running out uh, because they have been making mistakes he was upset uh, obviously about how many offensive rebounds the timberwolves got tonight which is you know i mean there's something he could have probably contributed in that area as well yeah, although i but, think he grabbed like 10 boards. yeah i mean he was pretty good tonight you can't really complain a whole lot about mm-hmm. his performance despite that it wasn't his, it was probably it was his worst weird game it was like, a weird I, game to watch I he, the, it was a very productive statistic night yeah. that just didn't really it didn't ever feel like he was making that big of an impact. Yeah, I, I don't like which is so hot takey to say when yeah. he almost had a triple double. I don't like throwing around the the cliche like he, those are empty stats, but they felt a little thin. Yeah, I mean almost everyone's stats felt thin tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean everybody's stats are inflated to start this season. They're playing yeah, like true. They're playing back in the Oscar pace. Robinson. But I, I want to regarding the the patience thing. I think. The two sides of this conversation as it pertains to LeBron and patience and all of these things, like the, the the reality of the situation was actually somewhere in the middle. Laker fans who want to believe in this experiment and, and want to believe that LeBron came over to L.A. for all the right reasons were always going to say, no, he's patient. The, the Lakers have a blank check. He signed up for four years potentially. Blah, 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 blah. And on the other side of things, if you're in Cleveland, you're like, man, we've seen this movie before. Oh, and, no, I heard that from the Cleveland bloggers all summer. Yeah. And, well, but I don't, I think both sides of it have good aspects points. of truth. But. Do you think there are good people on both sides? <laughs> I'm not encouraging. I'm, I'm not encouraging Twitter to make more bad photoshops of Anthony. And I'm not not saying to do that. Uh, but I, I do think that the reality of the situation was somewhere in the middle. Yes, LeBron might have signed with the Lakers and told Magic Johnson that he likes what he sees in the Lakers' young core. That being said, you only like it for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, before he started playing with them, they were theories. Yeah. They were ideas. The concept of playing with a pass-first point guard who can dominate on the other end of the court, where LeBron doesn't want to play, by the way. LeBron doesn't like playing defense. So the idea of playing with a defensive point guard who doesn't ha- need to have the ball to be successful, like, that theory makes sense. Yeah. And then he went out there and he played with Lonzo. And unfortunately, the last two games, Lonzo has just floated out there. So that even the idea of Lonzo hasn't been what he's seen. But that's still like he's moved off of Lonzo Ball being an idea to being an actual player. Same goes for Brandon Ingram. The idea of a creative small forward who was able to run point for portions of last year. Who and might good. Be, yeah, who might be able to lighten the load on LeBron throughout the season. Like, in theory, you like that idea. 
then he gets out there with you, and he can't score when you're standing on the court with him. And that theory is replaced by the frustration of what that theory should have been. And I think that's kind of sort of where we're heading to right now. Yeah, and again, I just... I don't want to get carried away too quickly. Like, no, we course. know that there are going to be points in this season when there's real drama, and I don't know that this is it. He was obviously frustrated after they lost another game that they had a chance to win, mm-hmm. but I don't think that this is any signal of an impending text message to Magic Johnson, you got to get me some help, or, you know, like a pregame press conference where he's saying we need an effing point guard, or anything like that, like things that he has done in the past when his teams have struggled. I don't think that this is necessarily an indicator of that. But I don't think that we can ignore that, you know, LeBron has even said in the past that he's not a patient guy. No. And there was no, the, that. The, my favorite exchange was on, on Media Day. Yeah. Where, where he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to be patient. And Allie Clifton, who has spent a lot of time covering LeBron, started laughing. And he, and he like, looked at her like, hey, he caught me. I'm not patient. And he shouldn't be patient, by the way. Greatness shouldn't be patient. That, that it's he has a finite amount of time to win yeah. rings, and you know I, th- I think I heard Pete make this point before, but basically LeBron does not have the emotional attachment to the young core that Lakers fans have. Absolutely he, not. He wants the best for these guys. He wants them to succeed. He seems to even like them and mm-hmm. respect their games as his teammates. But if they're not helping him win right now, then you're a trade asset. Yeah. Absolutely, and good trade assets that could net the kind and, of. Help. And if you and if you want to criticize him for that, then I better not hear you excited about Kobe Bryant's career, where he like went to the media in campaign to have specific tra- teammates shipped out. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, all the greats have done this. So what it, you're saying is LeBron has Mamba mentality. Yeah, he has like parking lot. He doesn't. He hasn't quite ascended the parking lot Mamba mentality, where which is where you're like coming out of like a Gelson's and you're on like. <laughs> A 1992 <laughs> cell phone video, yeah. just like demanding to trade Bynum for Jason Kidd. Uh, all right, so that would actually we need to start that recurring segment, like asking people what they'd like to trade their coworkers for while they're walking out of Gelson's. I would like to trade you for Bill Simmons. Okay, well, that, I mean that. Hey, that's fine. I, re- I honestly, I understand. Yeah. I'm happy to go run the ringer in his stead. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's shift. I want to talk about Luke Walton. Okay, and. I think so. So do a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny was that I got. Well, I guess the ratio has evened out a little bit. People are are, are starting to come around. I'm basically saying that he was dealt a tough hand, a flawed hand. This roster, and and we talked about this on on Locked On Lakers. This roster is not perfectly pieced together. And and look, if you're willing to, if you're going to go out there and say that Luke Walton deserves to be fired. Then you also have soon. to do the greatest job ever of putting a team around LeBron. No, getting mad at Luke for this is like getting upset with your waiter for your food tasting bad. That's not really their fault. Right. That wasn't their job. Yeah. They didn't they didn't make that for you. I went to and Applebee's and my food is bad, and I can't get angry at anybody but myself for going to effing Applebee's. Yeah. Like that's that's <laughs> your they fault. They aren't a sponsor, are they? I hope not. Of our show? I don't know that we have sponsors yet. Okay. So hopefully hopefully we don't get an email from John tomorrow. But Can you swap that out for TGI Friday? But so that, that's what I'm saying. Like the waiter is responsible for bringing you the product and putting it together and yeah. all of that. But the waiter is not the chef. The, the chefs put the roster together this summer. Yeah. And it's Luke Walton's job to go out there and serve it as best he can. And, and but, that's what we're seeing. And so like if he was dropping your plate on the floor or on, your way, on the way to the table and then just picking it back up like, 
like with hair all over it and <laughs> handing it to you and being like, "Here's your food," th- then that's his fault. So, so I want to, I want to, I want to, and it remains to be seen if of, that's the problem here. I want to build off of that point. I'd be a lot more frustrated with Luke if he went back to the same rotation over and over and over and over again over the course of the game that the lakers played last night they employed 24 different five-man lineup 24 lineups is something that shows me that luke is doing whatever he possibly can to figure it out and and or he's paying a very very intricate respect to like and like homage (laughs) to kobe do you think Palinka sent him a text at halftime like, "Hey, dude, you have 23." He's you like, "You actually, more. you you you're at you're at 20 you're at 20 right now. I need yeah. you to step it up in the second half. Let's get weird. Five centers, okay? <laughs> oh, we didn't give you five centers. All right, give you two. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Luke is trying whatever he can to make it work. He just has a flawed roster. The two best players, arguably the two best players, in my opinion, the two best players on this team are. LeBron, obviously. It's not arguable that he's in there. Yeah. And, and Brandon Ingram. And we're seeing right now, and this isn't like, whenever I, I, I anytime I mention this, and, and, and there's been a lot of blowback to mentioning, hey, this isn't quite working between LeBron and Ingram. This isn't like a new thing. We saw this in the preseason where he looked exponentially better. When LeBron wasn't on the court with him, and yeah. now, and now we're and now we're seeing it now in the same thing. And 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 look, if you're if if a team's two best players can't play together, that's a flawed roster. There's nothing a coach can do there. You yeah. can you try to make it work, but you, the, at the end of the day, those are the guys that he has. And beyond that, he there was there was a point this year where he felt like playing Kyle Kuzma as an undersized center was his best option. Yeah, and. Like and it didn't seem unreasonable at the time. Like that that's same, how that same small ball five option played shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, and then the only the only the only time, reason that that got fixed was because they signed a guy that they had already cut back to a two way contract, and then he had a really good game, and they had they decided that they had you know solved the center rotation. And yeah. I well may, they probably haven't decided that, but well, they, they, they 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 were hoping they thought they had thrown some duct tape on it. Yeah, and they haven't yet. Band aid on a balloon. Yeah, and 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 really, what it comes down to is, look, I'm not saying that Luke hasn't done things incorrectly. I'm I'm not saying that I think he would acknowledge that. I think because he's throwing so many different ideas at the wall, he's just trying to figure out what works. Some of them haven't. Some of them haven't worked. Yeah, who's my at the small ball five was a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster on both ends of the court. Michael Beasley as a small ball five has not been great, and and yeah, what what it comes down to to me is is one. I think if you're only placing blame on Luke Walton, you're ignoring the context of which that he, he he's coaching this team. And two, find me a better op, a better option. Well, we can get into that in a second, but I also want to say we aren't saying that Luke Walton is like we aren't saying that Luke Walton is blameless here and that this no. is all the front office's fault. I think this is a mutual thing. I think some of his yeah. lineups haven't worked. Sometimes he's done rotations that probably haven't helped guys' rhythms mm-hmm. while he's trying to do to experiment with this stuff and figure these things out. And then you know, Magic Johnson, Rob Polinka, they did some very good things this summer, namely signing LeBron. <laughs> and their front office has drafted some good players, and it rem- and some of their free like Javale McGee grabbing him for what they for got him for was really good, incredible. And but you know some of these other guys, we have to remain and see how well they fit. Rondo looked pretty promising the first two games, and then he got suspended, and he hasn't really looked very good since then. <laughs> and so you know I, I think 
we just, it's going to take time on all of this stuff. And that's the problem with us having to always analyze these things in real time is we have to come up, the take industrial complex demands fuel. And we have to think about these things and give our analysis on it. But sometimes I think we go too far in assuming that what is true right now will remain true exponentially going forward because we're creatures of of the now and of the immediate, here's what is happening, here's what I just saw. Whereas, you know, we're seven games in. Yeah. It's an 82-game season. Yep. And in the West, they don't have a lot of time to figure things out, but it was always going to take a feeling out period. That's why every single person that I consider a knowledgeable Lakers analyst was saying they are going to struggle to start this season. It's a and tough right now, schedule. Two and five is a struggle. Mm-hmm. And LeBron probably came here saying, like, now this is going to be fun. But And right now it's been exactly like that. And yeah. so... <laughs> I see what you did just there. Not, just not in the way that he meant it. Yeah. I, I see what you did there, and I still haven't recovered enough to like be able to fully laugh at that. Yeah, thing. I'm sorry. That, that was actually, for those of this is bad radio, but that was a pain to laugh. It yeah, was, that it was, was very obvious on his face that he was having Sports Illustrated cover flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, wanna, I wanted to get back to the, the, the point of what are, what's, what's the better options out there? Who do we have in mind? Like, you want Kurt Rambis? You interested in that? Kurt Rambis is stepping down and making the big step down to the bench once again. Well, what, I, How many times has that dude been an interim coach? <laughs> this would be like four, right? This is official middle name at this point. Kurt, Kurt interim coach Rambis. <laughs> that actually works. <laughs> but like, I mean, it can't be. It can't be Byron. We know that, right? Do we know that? <laughs> I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> I can't. Like, what would? Well, we don't get fined on this show anymore. No, so I can we're say. good. So yeah. So. I was looking what at your that, face like, were you going to find me for that? No, no what would that good. look like, like Byron coming back? Like, do you think that he'd take, like, if the Lakers won a title eventually, do you think he'd take credit for teaching LeBron how to win by using tactics he taught Kobe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. no. Find, figure out the, the, the least self-aware analysis that LeBron that wouldn't Byron have to say he's up. not getting patient. He's not going to be patient because, like, Byron would be out here ripping all the young guys in the post-game oh, press yeah. conference for him. Yeah. No, the, the, the young guys would be walking home from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I th- I, LeBron would be in the post-game press conference actually, like, forced to defend them a little bit. He'd yeah. be like, you know, honestly, him calling Lonzo, yeah. him calling Lonzo to new Tyler Ennis, I yeah. thought was a little mean and yeah. unnecessary. Lonzo Ballas over there. And like, him, what, why, why, why are we going there? Him calling Brandon Ingram Wesley Johnson the entire <laughs> press conference and not actually saying his name and just saying, I thought Wesley was was pretty poor tonight was I just thought unnecessary. Could you imagine me. LeBron like going to Byron? Hey, coach, you Byron, actually, I, you know, you got to tone it back a little bit. You actually have to talk. These to the guys U-Bikes. aren't going to have trade value <laughs> yeah. if you. You actually have to speak to your team. Like that's, This is a part of your. Josh job. Hart? More like Josh lack of heart. <laughs> Wait, he was defending on the perimeter tonight. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I, but, but no, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of that. So name. that's, that's an unrealistic name, obviously. Yeah. That, but that was still fun to talk about. <laughs> so some other names out here that we could go with, uh, the one that's going to come most immediately to most people's mind is Ty, uh, Ty Lue, you know, LeBron yep. right after Ty Lue was fired, you know, where said, to find hey, me. you know where to find me. Good Lord. Like, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure he does know where to find you, LeBron. <laughs> And do you think Ty Lue sends a you up tweet or a DM today? Do you think Ty Lue actually want, would want that job? Yeah. He had a literal, like, 
heart sleep problem last year because of the stress of coaching a LeBron well, I, team. I think that's just in general. Coaching in the NBA that's or probably coaching true. in professional yeah, I mean, sports Steve is not good for, for the Bobcats. Yeah, so, it's not It's not good for your health. Now, the, 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 the hours that they're expected to keep are not are not great for the body. Yeah. But, but like, I, I, like, Lou so would think, go yeah, back I guess to the most team. Guys, yeah, most guys want that job. Ty Lou goes back to the team that he won a championship with. And also gets to coach LeBron again. I think he takes that opportunity. Yeah, he could like they could be like, "Welcome back, coach," and it's just a picture of him underneath Allen Iverson. <laughs> well, did you see in my mentions today? Somebody uh, photoshopped Ty Lue stepping over Dan Gilbert. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, other other options out there, like people are going to say Mark Jackson. He, have you ever heard him talk basketball? Like, what are we doing there? Are people actually going to say Mark Jackson? Other than Mark Jackson, going to say Mark Jackson? <laughs> Mark Jackson's on TV. Yeah. You never talk about another coach's job, yeah. but like, if I got that job, it'd be Mama. There goes that man. Yeah, we want to coaching. We want to bring staff. Jason Kidd. Like, Jason, oh no, Jason Kidd leaves, and now the Bucks look like a juggernaut. Well, and also Jason Kidd played. One of the most actively harmful defensive systems yeah. you'll ever see in NBA team. It was it worked really well with the Nets his first year with the Bucks. Teams didn't figure it out, and then they're like, "Hey, if we just pass like twice, <laughs> then all of a sudden they're like four guys guarding two of our guys, yep. and we have like what, what was that leave left? That's a three, three on oh. one." Yeah, three on one. Yeah. So and then we have a three on one, and we can get whatever shots we want. Yep. And, you know, Jason Kidd was cutting off his own nose to, like, spite his face. I don't when, know. When he was that drafted. Was defensive system. When he was, when he was drafted, they used to call him Ace and Kidd because he didn't have a J. Yeah. And then when he was coaching, they started, they, I, they should have started calling him Jason Kai. Because there's no D. Do you get it? Well done. Do you get it? But. Yeah, it's not going to be Jason Kidd. It's not going to be about, so I want to go through let's actually go through and talk about these guys in a serious way though. So Ty Lue, I think, you know, obviously I never felt like he was the best coach watching the Cavaliers from afar. I never felt like there was anything schematically that they did that was all that special beyond give the ball to LeBron. You know why he was fired? It was because like there, he wasn't playing the it was allegedly because he wasn't playing the young guys and also because he wasn't winning enough. Who does that sound a lot like? Yeah, the Lakers. Well, well it, it sounds like Byron, right? Oh. Like, he, he refused to play the young guys. I don't want to go there yet. He has, a, he has a much better winning percentage <laughs> well, career-wise than Byron. Byron so. also never coached LeBron. That's true. So, so he did coach Chris Paul, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think I think Ty Lue, I would not be that. I mean, most of the, the problem is most of these guys you wouldn't be that big of a fan of. But let's go. Mark Jackson. People always throw around like, oh, you know, the Lakers, the, the Warriors just took away the cocoon before it could become a butterfly for Mark Jackson or whatever <laughs> – analogy. I think like, that's you, his own analogy. That, yeah, that was his own analogy on a broadcast. <laughs> he said, like, you can't, di- don't disrespect the cocoon to praise the butterfly or something. <laughs> Which is an amazing quote. Well, it's amazing given that, like, the Warriors started winning as soon as they started employing spacing, and his analogy was his own way of saying that he kept them he kept them in a box. <laughs> I never thought of that before. He literally would not let them spread their wings. Yeah. He was, he was the thing keeping them from flying. Clay, stop shooting shooting threes. Yeah. It's like I was I made them tough by actively defending them for other teams. So, uh, so yeah, I so Jackson's I not really Jackson's a, I mean, he is to his credit, he is a very good he was a good defensive coach and mm-hmm. the Lakers do need that. I don't know if they have the personnel for him to fix it though. They also the Warriors clearly had a good defensive team, mm-hmm. especially that last year that Mark Jackson was coaching them. And so how much of that is him versus the personnel? I I'm willing to say it's like probably 
I'll go 60-40 in favor of the personnel because you always need the personnel more than you need the coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think he should get some credit for that. So that actually, on some level, that would help the Lakers. I just don't think that he's really the answer. I don't really see why anyone would think that he's necessarily a better coach than Lucas mm-hmm. based on what we know so far. And, you know, we can go to who, who else? Who else did you? I mean, Byron is not a serious candidate. No. I think... We mentioned Jason Kidd, down, but that's Jason not really Kidd, Yeah, good. I don't really see that. But the problem is all of the good coaching – like you could go all with the good either of the – Fisdale would have been a decent option yeah. had the Knicks not hired him because he has the LeBron connection from Miami. You'd think he can get that buy-in. Mm-hmm. He's very clearly somebody that LeBron speaks highly of. Right. So, But you're not going to get that. Nope. You're, you're not going to go back to the David Blatwell, although I put his name down on here just to be funny. <laughs> but, you know, there, it's like – Show me who you can say you can yell hashtag fire Luke to the heavens all you want, but show me the better option. Well, well right yeah, now. Like, 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 do you want Brian Shaw to interim coach the team for the rest of the year? Mark Madsen steps in. And as much as I would enjoy Jesse Murphy as NBA head coach and just getting to talk to him like you know six <laughs> or seven times a week. Actually, you know, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> <laughs> I look. I, I what it comes down to. There's not a better option. Yeah, I don't. I don't well, see also, it. I also. Also. I was looking around. I was racking my brain. There's no objectively better option that if they step in, like what happens if they fire Luke and then the next guy that they step in, they still have to coach this flawed roster. That's why we built this conversation the way that we did is is to show that no matter who steps into this job would have to still coach a team whose three most three of their more productive players all play the same position. Essentially, they 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 have one center. They have one NBA quality caliber center. That's the if it's Mark Jackson, if it's Jason Kidd, if it's David Blatt, if it's freaking Jesus himself, they still have to coach that roster. And at the and end of the day, like, what are you going to do? They have to do it without a training camp. Yeah, they use the training camp on Luke and trying to play this style. And I think that if they were going to hire someone, they would want someone who's going to continue to play a similar style to this. Which again. Why do you switch from Luke at right. that point? Like, unless you just think that he's so inept as an in-game tactician mm-hmm. that you just you need somebody that's a better game manager and is willing to still play the same up and down side. Like George Carl is out there. I think he's probably done in the NBA after his last tell-all book. <laughs> I can't imagine that you know. But his his son's in the organization. I don't like. Maybe he comes back. I, I, don't I doubt it. And I don't know that you really want that. Again, I don't know that that solves the Lakers' problems. No. And so. You know, you just you keep going through these names, and there's just no clear person out there that is going to be able to do to be able to fix these problems. As a coach, these are not some of this is coaching problems, like we yeah. said. But this is a, co- a new coach is not necessarily the solution. The guy that everybody would be bringing up if he was still with Genie Bus is Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. but I don't foresee that either. No, and for more reasons than ju- they seem that they were at Shaq's jersey or statue unveiling together, like they seem very cordial by all accounts. Yeah. But like I just don't. I mean, Phil's not coming back to coach a team. Also, the triangle doesn't really work. Yeah, but well. So if you're saying you need a better in-game manager and you just want to keep – if he was willing to just keep having the team play fast and good in-game – I mean, that's your guy. But also, he would never replace Luke Walton, who he's basically called his son, like his yeah. surrogate son. Yeah. And so it's like, what are you going to do? Have Kobe coach the team? Magic. He was great Magic as a coach. hated coaching. And Kobe <laughs> would never do it. No, I, I think what it, what it comes down to is – Actually, there is – dar- hold on. There's a dark horse candidate. Pete. 
<laughs> Laker film rooms. I'm not saying. Hey, teams have made unorthodox moves before. Hey, Pat Riley, got, Pat the, Riley the came Wolves, off the sideline. The Wolves pulled someone out of the media and had them be their GM. That did not go well. <laughs> but you know, maybe the, maybe pulling Coach Pete out of the scrums. You just I'm not I'm not I, I don't want to talk about Luke's job. I I don't think the Luke. I should also be don't want to replace him on my on my other show. Like I I, I like having. Two days a week taken care of when it comes yeah. to it. But I, I, look, I, I think uh, what, what this all comes down to is the Lakers, we wouldn't be having this conversation if LeBron makes two free throws against San Antonio. If Jimmy Butler doesn't hit two three-pointers with guys draped all over him. And it's just people, the coach is an easy scarecrow or scapegoat or yeah. whatever you want to call them like it's an easy target to look at yeah. and say whenever teams go wrong the first thing that people do is they complain about coaching yeah. because it's the easiest thing to change and they're the most public guy that like because you're a fan of all the players you love all the players mm-hmm. the coach that's their boss and that's the guy it's like oh he didn't sub we he subbed out lebron earlier than i would like him to and, right you know all that stuff i do think the one in-game thing that i'm starting to lean away from on luke is the i know he's trying to get lebron on extra rest, but the start him the fourth quarter and then sit him and then bring him back in again thing, I think that is a little disruptive. I'm yeah. starting to come around to the idea. Again, small sample size, but I'm starting to feel like it's a little bit disruptive. Yeah. I mean, it worked one game and it didn't work another time. I'd rather... I'd ra- Yeah, it did work one game, but I, I'd still rather, if it was me, I think you just do the traditional thing like, and you just bring it, him back, you know, it nine minutes in. It wouldn't... If I'm going to play the, one, the what-if game on one side, I have to play the what-if game on this side. And, and if... If Lance Stevenson doesn't hit two step back three po- contested three pointers, then that strategy doesn't work in that game either. Yeah, right? and so like I look. The Lakers no, and again, played. if you're relying on Lance to save yourself, like the Lakers have been relying too much on guys they should not be relying from. Yeah. I mean this with all due respect to these guys, Lance, Jonathan Williams, JaVale McGee even. Yeah. Your game should not be contingent on those guys on a consistent of, yeah. basis. Yeah, I completely agree. And 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 again, like I, I know, I know that people seem to think that I hate Magic Johnson for whatever reason. But I wonder if there was a comparison that you made that easy, last year that would have that would have led them down that path. Good lord, that's twice in the same show that you've tried to light me literally on fire. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's you come you come to the Lake Show, expect <laughs> to get burnt. It's water. That's our new tagline. <laughs> It's like one of the Cleveland there's, waters that lights on fire. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's why it, LeBron left. Was that Cleveland or Chicago? No, it was Cleveland. It was Ohio. Okay. I don't know if that's Cleveland. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think what, what it comes down to is the Lakers – look, the Lakers need Luke to work out. They don't have – like LeBron was talking about patience, and that's how we started the show. He doesn't have enough time to sit here and have the Lakers figure out the coaching situation over the course of the next three years. And then, again, that's another new guy that has to come in and put in their system. And at the same time, everybody wants to blame the coach after losses. And I, do I think Luke was – again, do I think Luke was flawless tonight? No. But Luke also did not give up 20 offensive rebounds. No. And Luke did not commit 30 fouls. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Lakers committed 30 fouls, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. like, Luke didn't go out there and If the commit Lakers any- committed. 30 fouls and they should have been shooting more free throws is how I'll say it. Yeah. and Yeah, exactly. And like the Lakers haven't been getting a very good whistle this season for whatever reason. I think it's probably because they're a young, unestablished team for the most part outside of LeBron. But even LeBron hasn't been getting like superstar calls. No. But, you know, I, I think... Luke, 
is not all of the problems on this roster. The Lakers went out, and, and like we can talk about the front office, but the players also. They Not all of them played well tonight, and you can't always blame people besides the players and then just praise the players when they win. Right. No, I completely agree. Lonzo floated. Yeah. He was a team worst minus 11 tonight. And look, single game, the only time I really take single game plus minus into account is when it fixed your narrative? Or? Is, yes, absolutely. Jeez, you're telling everybody my secrets and you're trying to light me on fire. This is why I fired you. <laughs> but I, 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 I take a look at team worst or team best plus minus. Those are the things that I keep an eye on. I don't. That's not the basis or foundation of any of my analysis. But those are things. That and you it's kind like of if they back up the eye test, it's a little bit more reliable. Like LeBron on the season is never going to have the best net rating on the Lakers because he plays all, so many minutes right. that he's going to be in in stretches when they're playing badly right. and stretches when they're playing the well. The Lakers are going to so be like, barely what, above five hundred, so he's going to represent a so lot. So sometimes of that the numbers do go against what the actual eye test and what is actually true. You mm-hmm. you need both. Right. And but if you're looking at the game, if you watch tonight's game, you know Lonzo didn't play well. Yeah. And with some of that, a lot of people wanted to blame Luke for moving him around on the rotation. But if Lonzo plays better, Luke plays in more minutes. That's right. the bottom line. Right. Like, and, and this is two games in a row, mind you, that that he has kind of floated. And that and like since being declared the starter. Yeah. It's not a good look. It's it's not. It's not, and it and it actively hurts the team because they need stops to be effective. And when he just kind of floats around there on defense and doesn't affect the game in ways that he is capable of affecting the game, well, then I, you bring in Rondo. Yeah, you, that's just that's just it's it's a causation reaction kind of situation. Yeah, and 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 that's what you got to do there. And 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 unfortunately, like. Rondo's the only answer there. It's not like there's a third magical point guard that they, that that Luke Walton could have potentially go to here, right? Like this isn't this isn't the 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 Wolves who the Lakers just played, where there is literally a third point guard sitting over there that Tom Thibodeau doesn't want to use in Tyus Jones. And he and played a little tonight. He did. I, yeah. I, I, he played I a total of 16 minutes, okay. which is not nearly enough. You know, you compare that to the 29 minutes. Well, Derrick Rose is playing well and. Other than getting Well-ish. like rejected at the rim, like Javale McGee was just telling him no. He scored eleven repeatedly. points on sixteen shot attempts. Yeah, so Derrick Rose continuing to uh, go against. <laughs> nope. I, uh, I look. I what, what it comes down to, and 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 again, this conversation is very different. If just a few things change, right? Like Nick Stauskas goes off in Portland. And mind you, they were playing a home opener in Portland that was on the heels of that team's owner passing away. Yeah. The, the, you you want to go the next game after that, they play, what was it, the Spurs? Was it the Spurs or Houston? Their second game was Houston. Yeah. So, when, that was Spitgate. Yeah. So the, the second that seem like a year ago at this point? It feels like forever ago. Covering a LeBron team is a different. Exhausting. Yeah. It's uh, a different level. But they, but they, they played the, the Houston Rockets and lose two starters to a fight. Then the next three or four games that they've played since then, they haven't had those two guys. And yet, in all of these games, the Lakers have had opportunities to win. And and in one game, they were able to to take advantage of those of those opportunities, and they did win. And I I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm overly optimistic. You know me, always the optimist. But I <laughs> but I, I do think when it, what it comes down to with this team is they're putting themselves in a spot where they can win. And if they just if they shore up a few things, then these 
frustrating close losses late in fourth quarters turn into wins. And it's just a matter of replicating those winning tendencies. And it's going to take time given how many moving parts and how many young moving parts that this Lakers team is hoping to win using. And, and unfortunately, for if, you're, if you're Luke Walton, you have to figure that out, just like Lonzo Ball has to figure out being the team's starting point guard. Yeah. All right. I think that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, that was a, you know, I'm not going to say that that was a solid audition for local radio stations, but I'm not going to not say that either. We just did, like, what do we do, like an hour and a half? I think total, it wound up being about 60 minutes. Okay, that felt like longer. Maybe radio's not for me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, check out this show. This was part two of a a two-part conversation. You can check out part one on the Locked On Lakers feed. You can find this show on iTunes uh, if you search Silver Screen and Roll. Not the Lake Show, not Meme Team. Search Silver Screen and Roll to find this show on iTunes. And then as it shows up on other platforms, we'll let you know we're working with all of those platforms to get that set up as well. Yeah, well, our podcast guy is. We aren't, really, because we don't know how to do that. But well, I say is. I say we is in, like, the general. I just want, I want to give John credit. Okay? SB Nation, we. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to John. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>